What's going on, guys? It's Ian McAdam, and welcome to the Black Friday edition of Adventures of Poncho and Sancho. So, when I say Black Friday, I know it's that time of year, racing season's pretty much over with, and we're all enjoying Thanksgiving. Holidays are coming. Well, holidays are basically here, but, you know, all depending, holidays are coming for some. And I uh, wanted to give you guys a little something special. If you have followed us on Instagram as well, you probably got a hold of the live feed. So, what I've been doing recently is been going live every once in a while and seeing who wants to join in. If I don't have anything planned for an interview, next thing you know, I just hit record and we just see what happens. And in this case, I ended up getting both the Myers brothers, literally three of your champs from the E Street side-by-side series between Cody and Mason Myers and Garrett Gramps, your quad intermediate expert champion from East, the E Street side-by-side series this season. And started with Garrett, then Cody and Mason joined in, and it just it just kind of went from there. We talked circle track stuff. We talked just where E Street can go in the future. We talked everything and anything you could think of. So crack an adult beverage, eat some of that leftover turkey, because I know all you guys just got back from Black Friday shopping, and enjoy this, because before I do, I got to let you know about our sponsors. <laughs> So we wouldn't be a podcast and I wouldn't be an announcer without East Street MX Park. East Street MX Park is your home for motocross and side-by-side racing in Northern California. Look no further than eaststreetmxpark.com, eaststreetmx Park on Instagram and Facebook. Dirt Coffee Company, spelled D-Y-R-T Coffee Company. Why? Being the key letter, because if you want to go on an adventure, always take Dirt Coffee Company. And last but certainly not least, for all your aches, pains, sleepless nights, anxiety issues, all sorts of things CBD can do for you, check out Sweet Aroma CBD, Sweet Aroma Nationwide on Instagram, SweetAromaCBD.com. Poncho Sancho 15 will give you 15% off with Sweet Aroma CBD. And now back to the show. And we're back. So, like I said, guys, something special. Got to talk to both the Myers brothers and Garrett Gramps. All three of these guys have a pretty extensive circle track background that they brought into off-road racing. We talked marketing stuff. We talked stuff about the kids up, up and coming in pretty much every form of motorsports. This is going to be one of the longest episodes I have cut. I do apologize for any variances in audio that may happen. And because I can only record in 30 minute increments. So like I said, crack an adult beverage, sit back, relax, enjoy some of that leftover turkey. And here's my little chat with the boys from Myers Brothers Racing. Now we're back. I mean, potentially, potentially. All right, let's try this again because the audio on the last one absolutely sucked. I re-listened to it as my phone was recharging. So, yeah, because, you know, how I'm doing things is definitely uh, rinky-dink as far as the podcast goes. But, well, uh, I've had a lot of fun with it. So. Exactly, exactly. Me with two, me with two wheels and you with uh, a, few, a couple more. So, to catch everybody up that is just now actually tuning in, hey, Gary, are you practicing for next year's mechanics race? First round. You want to do a mechanics race first round. Absolutely. I want to put this, I want to, I'm going to let them have their little heyday for the season. And then when it comes to the Halloween race, we're, we're laying the hammer 
Oh man, the. I mean, Uh, he disagrees. I will definitely stay out of this. He disagrees, but he told me that, and he goes, man, you were quick. <laughs> well, yeah. So, tell the people that don't know why you were so quick. Broken shit. Well, yes, broken shit, but broken shit on what? Who'd you used to work for? Catch people up a little bit. Uh, I, okay, fine. That's what I'm here for. Jeez. All right, all right. So, what's going on with the quad guys? Who? Why are we? Why do we have so many fair weather quad racers in NorCal? Hey, you who? Okay, so they're basically a bunch of snowflakes, is what you're saying. That's true. That's true. I mean, I mean, we can get twenty people on a ride day. Yeah. But when we in re- get six people show up on a race day. Doesn't. Everybody within an hour and a half. I know those quadras in those garages ready to ride. Oh yeah, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, if anything, oh yeah, I mean, what more can you ask for? Exactly. I last time I saw quad racing Northern California was Mutant Motorsports around two thousand. I want to say two thousand five to two thousand seven. Okay. Gotcha. I, I forgot CMC had a quad class too, but when I was racing moto. Gotcha. And then. And it's a trip. Some of the stuff I saw, like somebody claimed that okay, Mama Ash, the quads are lame. Mama Ash, you're lame. That's all I can say. So background on her, if you're wondering who she is, don't go barking at her. I know you're like, I I, I see that. So I've known that girl for 20 years and she, yeah, something like that. And she's a, she's a feisty little one, say the least. But, uh, yes. Oh, I know. I know. And just the look on your face was like, and I'm like, (laughs) ah, okay. 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 I never got it. Be- oh, for sure. For sure. I, I used to enjoy the hell out of them. Honestly, like I saw back in probably 2006, I think there was a f- like 12 quads on the gate at Hollister. And that was sick. Like there were a couple of freestyle guys, like, 
dudes that actually made like some of the Hoivos videos, like I'm talking way back in the day. And I'm like, a couple of those dudes showed up and they actually gave David Argo a run for his money. And it was cool because what you can do with such a wide, heavy thing, as opposed to, you know, two wheels, it's dude, it's a whole nother level. And I've always respected it because if you can actually push him like you do, like stuntsman does like, uh, you know, the other, the other partially retired quad racer, Mr. Maddox, like what he was doing. I was like, that's, it, it's so sick. It's so sick. And then how we have the side-by-side track set up, I first saw it and I was like, that looks like it actually would be sick on a quad. There, there's no other track that I'm interrupting Really? Yeah. That's that's insane. That's why at the last race, once once I lost fourth and fifth, I, there was no point for me to even be out there because third gear, I'm I'm in fourth gear by the time I hit the first corner on the start. That's crazy. I didn't realize how fast it was. There's no point for me to go out there and make anything off the ramp longer. Yeah. Well, and you'd have to gear that thing seriously high in order to be able to not be that high up in your gears. And it's like, at that point, what's the point? No. But no, I didn't realize that was. Back, 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 to, back to people showing up. Um, everybody always talks about how good, oh, come race works, come race works. No. We're in a race works in February at East Street. So I better hope, I better hope to see these guys that talk about, um, oh, we only run works. I, I truly hope they come support Jesse and Tori at a local track. So supposedly, we can call this a call out if you want. I'll be there, and I hope to see the other fifteen to twenty people that are in the NorCal be there as well. Oh yeah, that would be. I know there's a few of them. I, I definitely know a few of them will make it. But guys like Steve Benner, because let's be honest, Steve Benner just shows up and just. Steve is awesome. Steve will go to anything. Dude, his so he. I think he has the most fun literally writing down on the sheet like who his sponsors are because he knows I'll read them. And I'm like, oh, Sunsweet Prune Juice. And the next thing you know, he goes out with a freaking, what was it, Charmin toilet paper one race, and he had a whole chunk of toilet paper hanging out of his pants. I'm like, yeah. Only so Steve. Steve is one of those OG guys that just wants to ride and race. And he just, and he has a blast. You just have to respect that. He's not one that, I'm just going to park my stuff in the garage, say something's broke with it, when it is clearly capable of racing. Yeah. Like, if that thing is put together, and he's not at work, he shows up and that's how, before he got wrecked, that's how Mike Granger was too. Yes. I mean, I don't know if Mike, Granger. Mike still, rec- I'm not, I don't understand, but I think Mike still recovered from that accident that he had. Dude, that was, that was brutal. What happened to Mike, say the least. Absolutely yeah. brutal. But that was one of the guys who like, it was so cool when you guys first started coming out, like Mike and Steve and Nate, they all found me and they're like, Hey, you're Ian, right? Yeah. Dude, thank you so much for reaching out to us. And I was like, Hey, I just wanted to add to the program and, you know, give you guys something cool in the, in the interim. And for those that have stuck around, it's, it's been rad. And I thought, I thought about it. I mean, people want to complain about, Oh, I got to get up early, this and that. Dude, hotel rooms ain't expensive. No, especially Marysville of all places. And and I know everybody's got toy haulers. So. Yeah, exactly. Friday night, have a good time, meet, meet around people, have throw some cornhole or whatnot, 
They race the next day. Hey, speaking of cornhole, look who just jumped on the live. Yeah, I know. I'm seeing that. <laughs> oh, man. Look, now- I mean, like, going back to just the traveling, look at the Brubakers. That's a journey. So, hold on. I don't even know where Hydesville is, but there was a reason why Chris's last, why their last name sounded so familiar to me. Okay, hang on, hang on, hold on. Jesse said people have told me the entry is too much. Yeah, these are the same guys that will spend 300 bucks in fuel to travel six plus hours with a big toy hauler, pay an entry fee that's the damn near same price, and it's not like they're racing for money. No. But they've got food they got to pack their toy haulers with. I mean, come on. Yeah. You're going to tell me the price is too high? Yeah, seriously. No. Come up with a better excuse. It's, I mean, it's realistic compared to what motocross entry fees are now. Like, they're about the same. You can literally leave your house, drive 45 minutes or an hour, go enjoy the day racing with your friends, and then go back home. There's no hotels. There's no dragon toy hauler. There's no having to fill your toy hauler with fuel and food. Yeah, exactly. And you're in your own bed at night. Well, unless you piss Haley off, you're in your own doghouse at night. Yeah. Works gate fees. Like, they're saying the works fees are too expensive? That's... I don't know enough about it yet. I know I'm going to have to uh, definitely yeah, do some... Oh, that would be why. But the uh Yeah, but I'm sure that's everywhere. That's not just Jesse. I'm sure that's everywhere. Yeah. Exactly. And that's nothing we can control as a as a track. It's set by works. Like yes, I don't even know how that stuff works. So what it's kind of in a way similar to I guess you can say circle track, how like when Brad Sweet started bringing the World of Outlaws to Placerville Speedway and he kind of ran the show and more or less rented the facility quasi from Scott yeah. Russell. So, so Jesse, are they renting the facility from you? So my understanding is oh, we... Oh, 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 yeah. Yes, my point exactly. That's yeah. Right there. Works fees cost more than it would be to come at your local track. Yeah. And it's... I mean, if you're high speed like that, I can only imagine how much fun that would be on a quad. It's not even that. It's just the price point. We're not out here making $150,000 a year. No, not at all. So why would you go throw your money away? Seriously. A series that honestly probably doesn't even care about you at the end of the day. No. I mean, we're just going to throw the facts out there that this series, once that book and those transponders are returned, they don't probably don't give a shit about you unless you're one of the big wigs. Yeah, exactly. Somebody with factory support. Series or has been there for the last 20 years. Yeah. Or however long it's been. No, I definitely... And all the more reason is still less than hard large if you're worried about. Yeah, exactly. But still, why wouldn't you come support somebody and their facility that is trying to give the local ATV scene a place to go hang out, be with your friends, yeah. and not just throw money away. Exactly. And the more of the more of you guys that show up, and this is what I tell people this all the time, because I've gotten some flack just simply due to like, even in local motocross races where there's like six or seven kids and they're all spread out, like so freaking far from one another. And it's follow the leader. 
I'm like, how can I actually like effectively announce that? Because it's just, there's no action. It's follow the leader from far distance. So the more of you guys, the more fun I have. Because I feel like if we could get 10 to 15 points just in A class alone, that'd be what a hell of a race. Oh, dude, I'd be losing my, I'd be losing my mind. I'd be absolutely losing my mind. Just it's when it was. I love that these two are just having a heyday in the comments. Jesse never comments on any of my lives. No, I, I, Yeah, yeah. You can get a whole race series out of the Myers, but I can tell you that. <laughs> out of the, out of just the Coors Light cans, man. So I, I was impressed back at the Halloween race where I go check into my hotel room, and next thing you know, I come back. Cody's already like eighteen deep. I don't know how he did that. There you go. We have fifteen in the A class. Well, hey. But in this case, now we have a way to promote it because guess what? This is a live stream now. It is getting recorded and it will be posted all over the interwebs. And yeah, we'll put it out there. So many friends after this and I can really not even care. You're going to do what? There's so many people that are going to be pissed off at me because of this and I can literally care less. It's because I'm calling them out. Yeah, exactly. And as well as you should. No, not at all. Because they don't like being put on the spot. But in this circumstance, from what I've seen, like, you know, we give you guys an opportunity and a good handful of you take, you know, enjoy it, which I think is killer. Great group of people. But the ones that have shown up, like been the one hit wonders in the beginner novice class and been like, uh, and I'm like, oh, you're going to come back. They're like, yeah, I'd never see him again. Like, like the, the, our friend that came from Oregon. Yeah. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on the name. That was a journey when I realized, cause he didn't have on his, yeah. on the sheet where he was from. And I'm like, when I found out where he was from, I went, holy crap. Like when we, like when we can get him to come down, like it's, it's almost like, okay, you can make one race. Then that, that's fine. That's more than enough because a lot of us for them, like I know what it's like traveling up to there and whatnot. It takes a lot. Oh dude, totally. Yeah, it indeed was a mutter. My eyes still kind of hurt from that every once in a while from that nice little three quarter size rock that I got pelted with. Dude, that and just the fact that I got caught on camera, that rock just yeah. going straight to your straight to your I, eyes. I had, a, I had a big old scratch and a blood vessel, and like, what's that from? And then we were looking at the photos, and we're like, oh, because it's right there. The rock is right in eye level with me, and it, it smote me right in the eye. And at that point, I was like, I'm, I'm done. Oh, I believe it. I, I definitely believe it. I That was the race I stupidly wore a pair of Hey Dudes to, and I had no idea. I get there, and I'm like, why did I do this? Oh, I destroyed a pair of Hey Dudes. I'm like... No, we should not start the series in January. Love you, buddy, but no, we should not start the series in January. No, 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 no. No, I definitely agree with that, because you know, you'll have a you'll have an announcer with Frostbite and a bunch of pissed-off people. Might as well, might as well have a jet ski class. Yeah, stand up and sit down, baby. Right, right. No, I'm uh, 
yeah, definitely fortunate. I'm not stuck in a plow truck plowing snow this this winter. Oh man, I let me tell you something. That's yeah. But anyway, yeah. It's gonna be one of those days for the works race. I don't know what day it falls on. It's a quad race. It is. Being the director of competitions at Red Bluff, my Saturdays are tied up. But if if we race on a Sunday. You can bet your ass that number one spot's going to be there. Oh, yeah. No, I, you're going to keep that number one on it, too. I don't know if they'll let me keep the one on because I don't run with series. But regardless, if, I, if I'm going to make the effort to jump to the race that you guys preach about, you damn sure at least come April better make an appearance in a race that I talk about. Oh, for sure. For sure. And in that case, too. If I'm, if I'm willing to throw my bike and have it absolutely beat to hell, I better see you guys at least once. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, for real. Because I'm going to go race a cross-country style race on a motocross setup. I don't know if you know much about it. I do. That's going to be absolutely hell for me. Oh, yeah. No, the suspension setups are different. There's there's so much more to it that people don't think about. So much more to it. You said you scheduled the Taft, dude. I didn't know if that was you guys or not. No, Taft isn't us. Come on, Jesse. Oh, oh, and now they're going back and forth once again in the live. Absolutely. Should I try and add Cody to this mess? Let me see if I let me let me, let me see if I can add Cody Myers to this mess. Recording just because it only records in a thirty-second interval, or no, excuse me, thirty-minute interval. Is he jumping on? I think so. I think it's. Oh, yep, Cody Myers now going live with all of us. Uh oh. Uh, yeah, he's hiding. He's probably in a. Yeah, I'm, I'm home. Oh, you're driving home. Yeah, focus on your driving. Uh huh. Sure. What's up, guys? What's going on, Mr. Myers? How you doing? Oh, great, great. Where are you driving back home from? That's what I want to know. Oh, that ain't that far. So you, you're the one who sends your brother out to do all your. You're the one who sends your brother out to do all your. Ah. Yep, yep. That's how you know who uh, who runs the show at my at uh, Myers Construction Services. That's for sure. He 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 makes his own schedule. He knows what he's getting into. Oh, all right, all right. I like it's it. Almost just easier that way, isn't it, Cody? Yeah, way easier. Yeah, I wish I could make my own schedule. No. Yeah, we'll, we'll both be out out tomorrow, but. Very nice, very nice. I mean, I have the whole yeah, week off. Get some work in while there's work. Yeah, exactly. I have the whole week off. Just saying. Oh, what'd you miss? Garrett, remind him what he missed. Me pretty much calling out the ATV scene in the North State. And? Yeah, we've been doing that. We've been doing that for two years. Yeah, as, as to why there's, there's perfectly capable race pods out in garages and shops that are sitting there collecting dust when they could be out 
support a local racetrack and have fun with their friends. But wait, 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 wait. Let's backpedal a little bit. There was something else specifically involving Cody. You're, you're retarded? One-hitter one quitter, I was like, oh, man, I, I just spit everybody's ass like I don't need to redeem myself. It wasn't even close. I don't feel like I have competition. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Oh, man. Okay, are you going to take that, Garrett? No, because I'm going to pay faces to roll that car up there. Bring an impact and a jack Let's roll. Oh man. So wait, you're gonna pay Mason to roll that car up there, just for this, just to see who's best. I'm, I'm, we're all gonna be sitting together. I'm gonna say Myers. Do one over. Oh man. Uh, you, you need to get a driver that has to do their own seatbelts. <laughs> When he, when, when he told me after when we were driving back, he goes, sorry, I'm not used to putting seatbelts on that quick. I'm like, oh, now you tell me. Oh, right. man. Uh, it's, it's free. You choose your teammate wisely, my friend. Yes. Solid he advice. Did, he did get... Yeah. So I, I, on the ATV thing, I, I don't, uh, I don't know any of those guys that's on that, whatever that Facebook group is, always does the rides or whatever. Uh, uh, what about all of those guys? Do any of those guys actually show up to the races? Uh oh, we might have lost Garrett. We might have lost Garrett. Invest in the cam locks, indeed, Mason, indeed. Now Garrett's phone was dying. I know my. Oh, and we lost Garrett. So, in just because, yeah, NorCal Quad Riders. No, some of those some of those guys actually do some of those guys actually do show up and sometimes they show up like once or twice and then that's really it. And Garrett was touching on the fact that they uh he's like, I'm not ever in fourth gear on a motocross track and he goes, I sometimes get fifth wide open and I'm like, What is not attractive about that on a quad to be able to hold a thing wide open? Like that's just this year, but like every time I hear the quad start up, just go watch the Dreamcastle or something. They're a blast call to watch. Oh, dude, and I've always been saying that. And I've, I've always been saying that ever since I was racing motocross when we had a quad class. Like, we had a quad class at a motocross series that I did called Meeting Motorsports. And it was so much fun to watch because it's such a different skill set as opposed to being on a motocross bike. It and now I'm losing Myers. The 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 twirling circle of death for Cody Myers. See, I'm trying. He, he trying to give you guys content and technology just won't work. Terrible, Cody Mentor. I see you're watching. Hopefully, you're still watching. We missed you in Pro Turbo, buddy. No, you've been busy with drag racing and stuff of that sort. Since our race season is over, maybe you guys can upgrade your broadband. And we lost Myers. No, I actually have solid internet. Okay. Send a request to be in your live video. Oh, we're going to get Garrett back. Boom. Go live with Garrett. We're going we're gonna to get Garrett back in just a moment. 
No, it was Cody's, not mine. My Wi-Fi is completely fine. We lost you, and then we lost Cody. Ah, well, that happens. That happens. We got the mob boss, Ashley Renuyo, checking in, and she was like, maybe race season's over. You guys can upgrade your, your broadband. I mean, I'm on an iPhone 12 mini, just saying. I'm on a 12, yeah, but the charging port on mine is all messed up. And, yeah. It's probably all full of rocks. No, lit. Oh, well, that happens. So I got to do like the wireless charger pack. I got some Jimmy Riggs set up going on right now. Of course you do. Of course you do. Where'd Cody go? Co- we yeah, lost Cody, too. They're probably in a bad spot. Probably, knowing him. I had to make a phone call. Them business guys. <laughs> Those business guys, yep. Exactly. I tell customers that my phone's dying or I got a customer calling that way they've been calling me back. <laughs> Spoken like a true truck driver. Yep. Spoken like a true. Uh, he was just talking about how he enjoys quad racing and then all of a sudden his phone kind of kind of went south on him. And uh, no, I, I definitely agree. And if those guys collectively got together, like you said, if we got 15 quads, we'll pay the top three. Well, let's, let's put that out. Cause I know I'm going to start putting that out in the, uh, I'll, I'll get a NorCal quad riders myself and I'll start putting that out oh, and look who just joined the party. L- look at the, look at that sharp dress SOB. What's going on, Mason? Oh, I know you will. I know you will. This has got to be the most. Your work chair. That's hilarious. This has got to be the most star studded episode because it's going to come in a couple different parts, but the most star studded episode I think I've ever done of the podcast. Because this is all. You got Team NBR right here, baby. Oh, I'm now, like, this is uh, all being recorded. I like it. That, the, the quad racing, man, that, that stuff's a blast. That's, uh, Cody made a good point that we don't get to see all the races, but I make a point to go over there and watch those guys get through turn one, man. That's that's something else, watching them go a couple wide, wide open through there. It's, it's crazy stuff. Fourth, fifth gear, freaking just hauling the mail. Yeah, I, 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 t- I, I tell you what. There's a lot of fun things, but one of the funnest things about the track is when you're fifth gear pin and you hit that step down to the finish line and you do not lift and go into turn one and that thing just hangs and floats out and you get about six inches from that bush and that cushion. There's nothing more fun than that. Spoken like a dirt tracker, the cushion. Especially especially when you're two white or three white. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's why I... You guys can run. You guys can run three wide in the split, or I mean, two wide in the same split lane. And that gets interesting too. Trying to the same line. Yep. Yep. No, I I got to get cut. Knows me. I'm getting ready to set up for a mean slider on anybody at any time. <laughs> yeah. So, so what did you tell me when we were talking about go karts the other day, Garrett? You're like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll I, mean, I I serve a mean right rear, and I was like, what tells you yeah, I'm going to be on your outside? Oh man! I mean, there's two things I grew up racing. I'm sure Mason can 
contest that it's a winner to wear it out. Yeah, exactly. No one, no one cares really about second place. No. You're just there to sign t-shirts, man. Yeah, kiss babies and sign t-shirts. Kiss babies. I'm weak. You guys are crazy. But I tell you what, though, the High Line is what sells t-shirts. So if you can run the High Line and and throw a mean pass on somebody, you've got you've got two honeys over your trailer ready to buy some t-shirts. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But the guy that can, the guy that can cross you over and take your nose off, which I mean, right next to me on the chat, Hangtown 100. I was, I was there last night for the actual, uh, the main event. And that was wild. Larson started in 16th and had they inverted the preliminary night. Larson started in 16th, had to work his way to the front. That was crazy. I was so pulling for Justin Grant, and then he had to make that shock adjustment at the open red. I was so mad. How about Logan Seavey, man? Nobody's really talking about that guy, but every time he gets in that midget, man, he is... He is I mean, anything he gets in, really, but my goodness, to go out there and put on that kind of show and, and almost beat Larson back-to-back, but... Well, to win everything yeah. in the foreground. Well, and I will, I will give Seavey a lot of credit. I mean, I remember him back in the 360 regularly at Placerville, and the dude's consistent. He ran consistent Friday, and he ran consistent Sunday. He just... It's he was the essence of consistency while everybody else made mistakes around him. It was kind of weird. It was like he was in a bubble. That's the name of the game. Yeah, yeah. Take, just, take that. I mean, that that track Friday night was as Kyle way up as I've ever seen Plasterville. Dude, it was and, brutal with a capital uh, B. That was that was wild. And he uh, he put on he put on quite well. Larson actually was the guy that put on the show. But what a what a drive by CB. L- yeah, Larson drove around the outside and went, bye! You can't, you can't knock the guy for sure, but you expect, you expect that out of Kyle. You know? Oh, oh completely, yeah. completely. Cause I mean, when, when that works limited hauler shows up, all 53 foot of it, and that 1K rolls out, or that 57, you know, sec- second place ain't an option for those boys. No, no, not at all. No. no. Even though my personal favorite out of all the haulers has to be the Tarleton rig from Macedo. Oh yeah. Yeah, that that's been Tommy's memo for the last fifteen years. Oh dude. Last time I saw Tommy drive was at Placerville and it was a I want to say it was a King of the West race. And they brought all the drivers up into the stands to do like a full blown interview. Tommy had his car completely jet black with that ridiculously crazy wing angle. Like literally set back that set back and set forward. Dude, and then they would ask him, "What's that for? Just be different, because if we win like this, everybody else will do it." Yeah, right. No, it. Well, he gets up in the stands in front of everybody else, all black fire suit, aviators on, and oh, I'm like, I have both the Myers brothers now. This is getting the crazy. Right now, baby. Yeah, three racers and one washed up racer turned announcer. This is gonna get weird real fast. There's three champions on one live feed right now. And one guy with a fancy belt buckle. That's right. That's a champion. No, right there. That's that's almost as good as the uh, the women triple crown trophies. Wait, wait. I got to go grab that thing so the people at home can see it. You three keep talking. Dude, that belt buckle's bad boy. The women triple crown trophies, though? Those are sick. Oh, they dude. were great. Big shout out to the trophies. 
purpose for that. They, they didn't talk about it enough, but the flask, uh, Evan made a, the flask unscrews, yeah. and it's slick, yeah. Oh, I didn't even know the flask unscrewed. She's like, man, if I had known the Tobys were going to be like that, I'd have tried way harder the second race. I'm like, you tried hard the second race, you put it on its lid. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Such is life. Ashley. So rumor has it, Ashley Renuio, the mob boss, is coming in Vito's pre-runner. I mean, no excuse. That's the fastest car on the track every week. Oh, yeah. Until, until Ashley shows up with Vito's pre-runner next year. That'll be interesting. Well, I asked about that, but Ashley may, might be able to back me up, but I don't think that's going to happen. Damn it. I'm hoping so. Yeah, it has to be Cody's. I'm like, mine's working great. And then I'm hearing like garble, 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 garble. Watch out from what I know. The Rhaenyra name hasn't lost a race at E Street yet. I mean, Jesse's not wrong. That's true. Jesse is dangerous if she gets in the kids' RS1 next year. That'd be a dangerous combination. Well, that's if he's in an RS1. I'm interested to see because I've heard enough between a possible single seat Can Am weird creation. I've heard a lot of different stuff. So we'll have to wait and see. (laughs) Making things happen. Of course. (laughs) Oh, totally. Totally. I mean, oh yeah, that was, that was a damn good time. Yeah. And I, I didn't do extra creatures out in the parking lot this year. Oh yeah. You didn't, you didn't leave your lunch. You didn't leave your dinner in the parking lot. We're so proud of you, Cody. My bar tab was like, like (laughs) his Walmart internet is just losing it right now. Cody, you're dragging this live stream down. What the heck, man? Yeah, come on, Myers. Jesus. You make all this money, Mr. Big Construction Guy. I don't know how your bar tab could be so big. I didn't put one drink on that thing. I mean, I only bought two drinks, and the rest of them were bought for me, so that worked great. Next year, we should... Oh, yeah. Ashley's still complaining about the raffle tickets being shaken. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Trust me. I heard it all. And I went, this is not my responsibility. This is not my responsibility. I'm going to walk over here now. Okay, bye. <laughs> and that was, yeah, that was hysterical. I was just over here. What's that? She shook half the bags. I don't know what she was complaining about. <sighs> I think that might have been the to. The shit out of the bags, too, might I ask. Yeah. Those things were like a redheaded stepchild on a few of them. Those things were swinging around, and she's sitting here just beating the thing. Oh, she's beating Cody with the bags of tickets. I was waiting for one bag to just get smoked and just tickets everywhere. I would have died. That would have been hilarious. I know it's coming. But how about Marcia's crip walk after reading the wrong number for the tickets? I was like, what the hell is he? He's doing a goddamn crip walk. Like a salt shaker. I was like, this guy. (laughs) Sky, like you knock it off. 
Raven. Well, yeah, since I got all three of you, and you know me over here with my big bling. Woohoo! Look at that. That better be out every single round of Easter. Y'all, you already know. You already know. With your with your, tur- with your shirt tucked over the top of it. Oh yeah. Yes. Com- completely. Like Com- during downtime, you better be there with the metal polish, just shining around. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'm going uh, Saturday to Hanley's Western, where I'm I'm uh, hosting their small business Saturday party. And they usually take very good care of me, and I'm gonna get myself a new a new belt for that thing because uh, I was instructed by uh, someone special that I need a new belt for that. So, as I say, so, so, someone special, and I get two weird looks. Out of the three of you guys, what uh, what class are we looking forward to the most next year? Dude, Youth One Thousand. I'm looking forward to. to- 1,000 Pro Turbo. There's going to be a good one. I, I, I want to see you rip. I want to see, I, I'd like to see Chase there. I mean, Taco going up. I mean, yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot of good things. Coleman, Coleman's talking about uh, building a car. No yeah, way. I heard about that. Yeah. Brian was talking about bolting a turbo on the RS1. I don't know if I'm going to let that happen or not, but. That would be like, sick. Kind of crazy women's class yeah that's a good call that's gonna be a big heavy class especially if ashley actually gets in the car that'd be fun well I, I gotta say just helping Haley race i had fun this season but i had the most fun watching all those girls out there ripping dude that was, that was the best classes for sure like that that was the highlight of my year was was watching everybody just saying screw it let's climb in these race cars so we've got little to no seat time in or trail cars. Drop the green flag and just take off and have a bat out of hell of a good time. Two big four seaters. I was like, what the? Yeah. I know. We gotta get Regina. We gotta get Regina in a two seater or a single seater. I think she's gonna. I think she's gonna win the whole thing next year. Dude, Regina can drive. Like that was the biggest oh, yeah. surprise I've ever oh, yeah. seen. And she, she ain't afraid. She just she kept sending the step up in the four seater. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Working on getting a truck class going, huh, Riley? Oh, Riley's watching. How about that, Riley? Oh, that's that's what they want. I would love to see a truck class, but that would open up a whole new can of worms. Whole new can of worms. I got one of those hanging on my wall too, Mason. Just saying. Oh, I thought I was. I thought I was the lucky one. Oh well, you know, she had to take care of her favorite announcer. Just saying. I need to get in an RS. Yeah, non-turbo car. Start up front. I know. Yeah, that kind of bit shy this year. Yeah, well. We're gonna do some testing this winter. We already talked about it. We gotta get her uh, going faster through the corner. She says. I'm, I'm, she says I'm plenty fast down the straightaway. I just I struggle in the corner. I'm like, yeah, you don't say. <laughs> it happens, especially when she's in two-wheel drive. It happens. It happens. Cody's over there quiet as heck. This is unlike him. Yeah, you, you got some up your sleeve because you're never quiet. I'm just thinking about the Honestly, all of them. Uh, the our class, if the call actually worked, and we get 10 or 12, 14, that's going to be fun to watch. And then see all the kids keep moving up, get staying in the same class, new faces. Like, I, I do enjoy watching the kids. That's Dude. Youth 1000 is going to be stacked, guys. Stacked. Youth is going to be fun. 
I, yeah, I was, I'm, when I started hearing about, like, I think the most fun for me as an announcer is hearing all, like, the background kind of dirt where it's like, okay, so-and-so is going to this car, so-and-so is going to that car, like, bunch of different, a bunch of different stuff like that to where it just gets me stoked in the off season. And then I see first round what's going on. And I just, I lose my mind. Like you've already got, we got a plethora of five seventies next year to a point where parents have had to go out of state to find five seventies. I'm like crazy. Parents are having to go to, I, I think Rhett, Rhett would be a good addition in the 170 class. Just saying, Cody. It would be nice. Hey, he's got a JR2. He's got a box stock. That kid has the, he has more toys than I had when, uh, when I was his age. That's for sure. Walmart internet kicking in again. I'm hearing about every fifth word, Cody. Yeah. That's why I'm quiet. Oh. Yeah. And the reason all the classes are growing is because of you guys. You all do. I mean, me like it. It and I can I can attest what I bring to the field as an announcer to to Jordan Skaggs of all people, because our first season for those that are watching that didn't know. Jordan Skaggs was the only one that showed up in a 170 and the only one that showed up in a 570. She showed up every race, every single race. And I'm like, by the second or third round, I kind of go, hey, I need to motivate her to be stoked. That way she keeps coming back because I felt like things were going to grow season two and then season three. And she was stoked as can be. And then look where she's at now. For sure. And then I, I can literally attest it all to her. That I, without a doubt. Is it uh, pretty unanimous that uh, Bobby won't be making the youth class next year? Uh I don't know. I haven't heard enough about Bobby in the youth class, but I uh I, I think he should just run pro. I mean I I so I told him specifically because what? Cody, I heard that one clear. The Walmart internet didn't cut that one up. Oh no, the Walmart internet cut it up on my end, but I can only imagine what it is. Cody's like, well, I, uh, I, no I Bobby. okay, no Bobby in the youth class. Bobby Wahlberg in the youth class for one more year is what he said. Yeah. <laughs> so he came, he came to me around round two or three, and he said, I, I want, I'm gonna run pro next race, and I said, Bobby. Because I, I knew he made a gigantic jump from his skill set the year prior. He looked like he was he was writing cursive on a freaking skateboard. And I said to him, because I know he's young, I know the lack of experience, but I know the amount of guts he's got. I said, one more round, one more, finish this year out in Youth 1000. Just because. I wanted to see him learn racecraft and that's something that i've pushed on a lot of kids and not a lot of people really grasp it but it's that split second decision making skill set that like you can attest from like the quarter midget world 
I was talking to Plasterville Speedway, Kylie Glick last night, a gal who's a uh, junior late model driver now, jumped from quarter midget straight up to junior late models. And she's used to running around a track that's literally half the size of a horse arena to now she's at Madeira and All-American Speedway. But the fact that she's been able to make split second decisions as far as line choice, where she's going, what she's doing, that has paid off in dividends when she jumped into the big car. That is racecraft. That is bits and pieces of it. Now, let's look at Bobby. Now, Bobby decided to hook his RS1 to the back of Cody's car, and Cody just drug him everywhere because Bobby wouldn't, he was just like, oh, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. He didn't realize the amount of experience Cody's got spoken dividends as far as, hey, I'm, I'm going to know exactly where this kid's going to go and I'm going to keep him on my bumper because I know exactly what he's going to do because he runs the same line every time. That is racecraft. Cody brings the veteran side of the racecraft to the situation as opposed to Bobby is young. He's impulsive. That's why I wanted him to not run pro. And then he jumped in a pro car, an actual built pro car. And yes, Jesse, he still beat Cody. But Cody held him off with everything he had because the person that is wise as far as what your competition is going to do is the person that will always be able. You have to be able to drive offensive and defensive. Bobby can ride the gray area between the two, but... As that kid grows up, as that kid learns, as that kid progresses as a driver, he's going to be something crazy. I guarantee it. Yeah, I think that's that's something for just maturing in the class too, right? Like, exactly. You don't you don't have to win the, win it on the first race. No. Saw a guy, young kid, progress throughout the year. Um, you know, by fall by following a bet. And I think you know other. other it's good kind of following those footsteps. You know, you may not be the fastest at the beginning of the year, beginning of the race even, but, you know, follow someone else's line, see what they're doing different. Um, there's a lot of things you can learn from, from a guy, um, not just Cody, anybody that really shows up. Say like a Bo Judge, when Bo Judge shows up in the pro class. Dude, Bo, uh, oh my God. A million laps around East Street, that guy shows up and he his, his race craft just shows um, and you're able to watch and, and learn things. So I never knew that you could scrub a side by side. I never knew that hang was possible. On. Hang on, hang on. I've seen Mason scrub that step up about three times last year, and that can't happen. Okay, maybe I wasn't now, paying. Whether as... it was on purpose, I don't know, but I've definitely seen the happen to that side by side kick out over that step up before. But watching what. Watching what I just don't know how many cars, how many times my car can land sideways on two wheels. Exactly. Compared to Bo's, uh, Bo's equipment's a little bit better. He can do it lap after lap for dude. Race car. Like I, yeah. I, I, you're, I, you're not gonna see that car throw paddles on it. Go play a sand out for a weekend. No. No, with two people in the car, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, like that was. I, I'm I'm there calling the race with Brendan, and I'm like, Brendan looks at me. He goes. He just scrubbed the step up and I looked and I was like, what? And I'm like, I didn't even, but you could see the intentional wheel turn. And he, and I'm like, oh, wait a second. Next lap. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. He's actually intentionally scrubbing, like cranking the wheel up the face and scrubbing this thing on purpose. And then Braden caught on too. 
And I went, what just happened? I'm like, that was insane. That's that's the kind of stuff that when I see that, oh dude, that's when I start yelling, screaming. I'm pacing in the tower. I'm like, holy crap! Because I like, that's the kind of stuff. Like, if you brought bring attention to it as an announcer, it just mind blown, mind blown. Stiffen up that power between you dancing around when stuff gets exciting and the kids that are growing. Yeah, there's been a couple times that scaffolding's kind of been like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I mean, I, I told Jesse, I'm like, at least put a darn roof on that thing for me next year so I don't fry to death. But you know, it, I'm sure it'll happen eventually. He'll get he'll get Kevin around to it or Miles, one of the two. But yeah, between between the kids, like there was one point in time where there had to have been 10, 12 kids up there with me, and I'm like. Oh, dude, you have a party at all times. I, I'm so I'm so concerned right now that the floor of this doesn't just doesn't go. And I'm like, bye. I'm gonna call you the damn school bus because you're the driver and you got all the kids with you. And so the funniest part is like, I did not intentionally attempt to do that. Like, I didn't set out and be like, oh, I'm gonna be everybody's babysitting at their aces. And next thing I know, they just start coming up there, and I'm like. As long as they're not not obnoxious, I'm like they can hang out. I don't care. I, I. But that, but that right there is what draws the kids to want to come, is because it's almost like a second home for them. Oh, dude, totally, totally. So when the when the kids know that the kids probably get excited for to go race, but they also probably get excited to hang out with you as well. I've actually heard that secondhand that. Like when Marcio loads his kids up and, oh yeah, we're going to E Street. His kids are almost more excited to come see me than actually drive their cars. And I'm like, that alone. So you guys, you guys get the, the memo that apparently the kids all put out to each other at the banquet. Something about dressing like you guys or something like that. Dressing like me. They all showed up. Between you two, who dressed better? Oh, between me and Cody? I don't know. Who did dress better? Somebody's going to comment on here. I don't know. 2024. Ian, you got to get your suit fitted, brother. That ain't... That ain't okay. Let, let's call We got Jesse. How do we make 2024 bigger than 2023? What's your guys' ideas? Bigger. Hmm. Bigger, I mean, better, batter. It's going to be kind of hard to top that. Yeah, but I mean, let's face it, that's mediocrity. We we gotta keep improving. Oh, hundred percent. So with three heads in a duffel bag here being all three of you, where do you think we could go with this? How do you think we can improve it? I don't know, man. I think I think getting I think getting vendors involved and try to help use their, you know, social media, their following. You know, guys like guys like Kryptonite, guys like um, you know Chico Offroad Rentals coming on board this year was a big help. Dude, uh, that, that brought the Turbo Sportsman class, but but more things along those lines, I think, um, I think is going to help drive the sport. Uh, I think forward. advertising. I don't I don't know how much advertising goes on like around Marysville or Yuba City, but just getting spectators to come watch it. Oh yeah. Not just, not just, 
the family, the families and, and a couple of friends, like get people as if like the sprint car genre where it's Saturday, we're going to go watch some racing. Oh yeah. Garrett, you hit that on the head for sure. Like, I don't know. I'll, I'll help make some cheap paper flyers and we'll stick them on telephone poles. I don't know how people do marketing anymore, but, but just get it out there that, yeah, you, you can bring your vehicle and come watch some racing at a decent price. Yeah, exactly. I think Ashley has a good point. Yeah, that's the food vendors is a big deal, too, and, and vendors, yeah. you know, get, get local businesses to come out and, and, and set up booths, and they'll help advertise and um, and, and get their, their fan base, their customer base out. Word of mouth. And I was going to college for marketing before I hit my head and decided to fuse metal together for a day job. The word of mouth is the most powerful, always will be the most powerful form of marketing. And we've seen it in the development of all our classes. Now to tap into things with the spectator side, because when more people show up, like we get more people, there's people in the motocross and there's people in the motocross side of the world that are going, Oh, hey, what's this? Let's go check this out. Every motocross race I do at E Street, I always drop info on the side-by-side stuff because, you know, if two or three of those kids show up and they go, hey, I want to try this instead, they might sell their bikes and their parents will go, hey, let's go buy a 170 for little nine-year-old Johnny because we realize that's going to be more fun because we're not going to be the next Ricky Carmichael on two wheels. And little Johnny can go run four, you know, four wheels and a roll cage for darn, darn near the rest of his life. Well, it's it's that too. But how many of these parents have little kid cars in their garage that they go trail ride with or something that they could throw a window net their kid in a race suit and just go try it a weekend? L.A. Sabato is living proof that's possible. Like, and, and it's a, it's a dual purpose thing. You have a kid so we'll use sam mountain or we'll use oregon dudes or something yeah you've already got the kid's car to go play somewhere else besides just racing yeah exactly and i mean i don't know how many i had a couple of friends that were gonna bring their yxz's out but work got involved or work got in this in the way they're scheduled but they're like we just want to come try it out like yeah that's all you need is either arm restraints a fire suit and a four or five point harness and just come tag the back and see if it's either it's either going to be a yay i want to do it or you're going to get out and be like i don't do this ever again oh yeah but at least you tried it i think one of our first one of our first seasons i think it was season one or two we had a guy show up with a couple guys show up with trail they were trail can ams one of them had a light bar still on the roof and he ran his girlfriend in the passenger seat hell yeah that was raymond yeah. sweeney the dude came from nice so I called him the, ni- the nice guy just because it kind of sounded funny. But the dude came from Nice up by Clear Lake. And I'm like, dude, like that's a haul to get down to Marysville. And I'm like, and he had a blast. And then this poor other guy, I can't remember who he was, but he was in a black Can-Am stock cage, stock as could be. He would go through the rollers and bounce like a rabbit. Boing, boing, boing. He still had fun. Haley is a prime example of it. When she came and watched a quad race last year, she's like, Oh, I'd want to do that. So I'm like, okay, well in the future we can, we can set something up and we can try it. And then she kind of lost interest. Well, then we bought her side by side in June. And we're like, Oh, it's just going to be a trail rig. 
Then the women's class comes up. And I'm like, hey, let's just do the basics. Just go out and try it. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. At least we tried it. Now Turbo Sports has got a car for next year. Well, and that could be, we could actually use that as a gateway if, like Jesse said, if we hold that that class year long, that could be a gateway to having more women in motorsports. Well, just not even that. It's just you get out and you try it and you don't realize how much fun you're having. Yeah, exactly. Or he even, let's let's toss this idea out there. Let me throw this at you, at you guys. Because, like, yes, we will have the women's class. We hold this, the the rule set to where that's the only class you can run. And we attempt to use that as a platform to help pitch this, you know, help basically pitch short course to women. And then you have an actual first timers class now set up like a first timers, like a true, like rookie class. You're, you're straight green behind the ears. Yes. No experience in racing whatsoever none at all and we will verify it like you can look at somebody's car and go okay yeah this is a race car or somebody and be like hey like for instance travis bertie of all people he goes out and buys an actual race car yes the guy's the guy was naturally talented but you could tell he'd never never raced yeah powder puff classes are an awesome idea side by side sports ran one now id ioda series out here in midwest has them as well so we did one catching up Shootman 74. I'm like, I can't pronounce that last name, but we ran just a three race series women's triple crown. We had two big four seaters show up. We had moms, sisters, aunts, girlfriends, fiancés, you know, stuff like that to where they were like, Hey, we have a car or Skyta. Oh, I wouldn't, wouldn't even have guessed that anyway. We opened that up and it became like literally what everybody came for. Literally what everybody came for. Like we had a bigger crowd watching the women's race than even the pros. Oh, dude, it was a hoop. Oh, it was wild. It was absolutely wild. Yeah. The other thing, too, kind of going back to what Jared said about the advertising, he said about the advertising, I tell people, oh, yeah, I raced at E Street. They're like, oh, I didn't know that. Has, like, literally everybody and their brother, grandpa, cousin, has raced at E Street at some point. But nobody's, uh, the whole side-by-side scene there treats a very established facility as far as dirt bikes. But everybody thinks of it as dirt bikes. It'd be nice to, you know, say, hey, there's also side-by-side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like... Like, if you go on the other side of the bridge, there's a whole nother life to motorsports of E Street. Exactly. And that's why I do the best I can when I'm doing the motocross races to literally... They're shy. I I see the queen. Four champs. Four champs now. Four champs and one guy with no talent. Doing doing a local parade, yeah. I got talent with a microphone. I ran out of talent with horsepower years ago. If, I like that idea about a parade. Yeah, and that's simple. Like even Jesse said, there's one coming up in Christmas too. So throw a couple of quads, a couple of cars, hell, even a couple of dirt bikes because East Street is an all yeah sports park pretty much for off road stuff. 
And we, uh, so we tried to go to International Sportsman's Expo back in February. And that was kind of a, a mixed idea between Cody and I. And because of the fact they have a off-road presence or they usually have an off-road presence there, that was a little on the weak side this year. But, and we really didn't see the return that we hoped we would. But you got to be able to venture out and try these things in order to make it work because with the right amount of exposure, because look at, look at the amount of motorsports facilities and everything that's around Marysville. They, nobody advertises the way that we even try to like nobody gets their name. Nobody, nobody takes, takes a chance and goes, Hey, I'm going to go pay an amount of money for a booth at a vendor related thing. And you know, wants to try it out. That's, that's the deal. It's, it's interesting how it's like they, they specifically in the dirt bike world rely on, they rely on word of mouth period, which word of mouth in the motocross period. So, you know, he he makes a good point too. It's about consistency. You know, this is only our third year. So it seems like every year this thing's growing and growing. Um, you know, Jerry made a good point as well. Like, we, what, where's the MX guys? You're telling me not one MX guy has a side side at home that they want to come try out. Maybe you know, not everybody knows that we, you know, we shut the MX side down. Um, we shut the MX side down when the side by sides are there, but so maybe, maybe some of those guys don't know what's going on and how much fun, what the family environment is. So similar, similar to MX, but. I had somebody actually come up to me at the final motocross races here at Marysville and they were from Reno. And I said, I mentioned something about the side-by-side racing and literally the guy was in the, in the tower within five minutes. And he's like, okay, what do I need to know? I've got a YXZ 1000. I want to come out and race. And I was like, it's simple. Fire seat, five point harness or four, five point harness, window net, helmet, wrist restraints. He's like, that's it. And I go, yeah. He goes, yeah, uh, when you put your schedule out, I'll see you next year. He goes, because I've been dying to put that thing on a track because that looks like so much fun. It's that simple. Yeah, we, we should make it easy for those guys, too, you know. I'll, we'll, we'll, put on, we'll put on the flyer that they pass out to the MX guy. Hey, like, I got a place. I'll do it for next to nothing. I'll get that thing crazy. I'll put the five points in and a window net in that thing. I mean, we can do it in a couple hours for a guy. I mean, believe it or not, just do the cost effective way and just get a set of arm restraints for 60 bucks off of a site, plug it in your theme where your arms are still safe and just give it a shot. Yeah, exactly. You could do that too. You could do that. I think that's almost as safe, honestly. You know, it's not as safe, but yeah, but the arms can't go nowhere. Yeah. Like if you want to know the extent of arm restraints, watch the in-car video from Haley where they check her and she goes like this and this is all her arms can move. No, that's when Cody Cody came over to see if she had a window net. She's like, yeah. and then he goes, oh, that's right, arm restraints. Oh, uh, gotcha. Speaking of, Brandon Shrum just joined, Dwarf Car Racer, who has a YXZ 1000 for sale because he was too much of a sissy la-la to come race it. December 2nd. Damn, I'll be a red bluff. Oh. I love the go-karts and being there and, like, helping, but... There's so much stuff that it messes up in a way that it bites me. What's that? It means I would have to wash my car. 
Yes, you would have to wash your car. Well, dude, this is one thing, too, that, that they both did that I thought was good for advertising is when I drug them down to a monster truck show. Yeah. And they brought the cars. Or when Cody went to that car show. Yeah. When you... Stuff like that that just gets the word out. I mean, hell, if it's 65-year-old grandpa with a Monte Carlo, he's still going to come over and ask. Oh, of course. have a grandkid or a son that is like, oh, I like side-by-sides or... I'm in the desert scene. Well, let's show you what the short course scene's like. Yeah, there actually were a couple of desert cars that showed up fairly consistent, consistently this year. Like, Garrett Martinez was in Turbo Sportsman. That was definitely not a short course car. Uh, great practice. It's a lot easier to, you know, figure out what's going to fail a track that's, you know, three quarters of a mile than being 100 miles in the desert. But yeah, yeah, and you have the way you have an easy ability to get towed off too. It's not like you break and you're like, "How are we get this thing back to the trailer?" There we go. And Brendan Shrum actually just joined in, so I don't know if you guys know him. I know the Myers boys probably might, but uh, so him and his two brothers have a dwarf car team, and they go on parades everywhere. I mean, Brendan might actually go drive his car in a parade in San Francisco at the rate he's going, but we'll talk about that later. And uh, but yeah, they they get themselves for their sponsorships that they've got because if you look at their cars at dwarf car races, they've got I go to read their sponsor list, and by the time they were done qualifying at Vintage Duels, I couldn't I like literally I'm reading, 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 and all of a sudden, and as fast time as this, and he's gone. And I'm like, that's how long it is because of the amount of exposure that Shrum Brothers Racing gets by how they have everything set up. Yeah, most down there. If there's a if there's a parade that I can make, I've got a semi a flatbed. We can throw four or five cars on it, and a couple of quads of dirt bike, and have one hell of a float. I mean, all you need is an extra PA up there, me running around on the back of that thing with a freaking wireless mic, and there you go. Problem solved. Problem solved or problem made? One or the other. But I th- I think I think marketing and then bringing the vendors in and just getting a little bit of all walks of life and cultures to show up and just to see what it is. So this will be interesting because I'm wondering, I have to check the stream right now. If liquid Molly power sports was watching earlier and doesn't look like he is, but whoever runs the page for them, they just started following the, uh, they just started following the, the podcast page and I want to see what they would think just because that's a huge company that decided to somehow find my podcast. So I'm like, whoa. But yeah, they've got a pretty big, uh, they've got a pretty big scene in the desert world, but it's like, okay, let's introduce somebody like that in a short course. And then when you get on certain pages, like I guarantee you, like when Steve Corsero brought that F100 out, just to do a couple hot laps, you look at his social media following and his social media, his followers are like five or six times more than I've got on my personal page, probably way more than even the E street page has. And it's little things here and there, little things here and there. This is all I'm hearing out of you, Cody. I said that was the biggest send in E street history. Oh dude, that F 100 up the step up. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, how, 
how fast do you hit that thing? I'm like, I don't know. I don't look at the speed, though, but I mean, probably close to 60. And he's like, all right. He was going well over that. And I mean, <laughs> the step wasn't even close. Oh, dude, that was unbelievable. Just And Elvis has left the building. Here's my, here's my one concern or question more about the rumor of the trucks coming to the, to the tracks. What happens if one of those things gets out of control coming down the finish line straight? Well, I mean, my butthole is puckered up by a 170 that was pointed right at my scaffolding. Yeah, but I mean, that's a 3,500-pound truck that is out of control, and you, we've got people just right there. Yeah, I, I. that's one of my bigger concerns, too, because if you go, like, have you guys, Cody might have gone, but when Wild West Motorsports Park was open in Sparks. Yeah, in Reno. Yeah, well, Reno, Sparks, same, same, same. Yeah. How offset everything was with the catch fence and everything away from the stands that would, in order to, and I know as far as the, you know, the handful of people that would love to see trucks there, the amount of infrastructure necessary to safely have a race with them, it's like we got to have something, we got to have a serious count of them to make it worth it because my perspective then you got to go with a 10, 12 foot tall catch fence. Then you got to offset everything even further. Then you have issues with insurance. Then you have all these other things that people don't think about. Even if you run like a, like a beater two wheel drive stock class, like even like a beater two wheel drive stock class, that's you're still 3,500 pound truck. It might not be going at 120 miles an hour. It might be going at 45, but it could still do damage. The momentum's going to carry it no matter how fast. Bingo. Bingo. It's simple physics. We're going to work on getting the track a little bigger too, right, Jesse? <laughs> I mean... But yes, I, I think having bleachers there and people... Because I know a lot of people will message me like, oh, we went through on the way to Sacramento and we saw a big track over the bridge. And I'm like, yeah, that's where we race. I think if we had bleachers and stuff that, that people just drive down the freeway because everybody look you lose. Oh, totally. They're like, oh, there's big old bleachers there. What's that? Yeah. Totally. And so it's 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 pretty easy to see the track from where it's at now. Yeah. You can see ninety eight percent of the track. Yeah. You put some big bleachers and you can see hundred percent of the track, that's definitely gonna draw a ton of people to it. And here's something also. Big bleachers. What's what are big bleachers? They have a gigantic back to them. What can you yep, sell that you can what can you sell that you can see from the freeway? Advertising space. That's somewhere where, you know, probably 40,000 people across that bridge every day. Yeah, exactly. Easy, yeah. So when you when you set, because I know Jesse loves to do like the more billboard-ish stuff over banners. When you can sell a 20 by 40 banner, like five or six of them at, I don't know what you would price them at. But when you can actually sell those, the next thing you know, that'll draw your attention more. Little things here and there keep drawing attention, keep drawing attention because that being such a main thoroughfare through the area, that's just that's money. That's money. I almost too. I almost wonder what radio advertising would be. Uh that I can actually speak on slightly. It really depends on the radio channel that you want to get on. Like you gotta get find a good rock station. I don't know if maybe a good country station, but you would have to start centralizing it. Like there's a Garrett, you might, well, all three of you guys might know this one. I know there's a country station up there. That's got pretty good reach. 
and then there's I think a rock station out of Chico. Well, and, there's there's one hundred six seven Z Rock. Yes, that's the one I was thinking of. All the way down to like Sacramento. There's one hundred three five The Blaze that gets all over the place. One hundred three point one The Country is Yuba City based. Yeah. And so I would start with 103.1. Chico Off-Road Rentals is on 103.5 The Blade as it is right now. Oh, dude. Ben's, ben from Chico Off-Road Rentals, his marketing strategy and plan is next level. Next level. That dude, I don't, I didn't realize how successful he was. Like, he came on as a help for us with Truck Mania, and I didn't, like, oh, he just kind of went, oh, yeah. I still have my day job, but you know, this, this still expands and does its thing. And it's so wild to me just to see what he's put into it and what it, what it just keeps growing as. So that being said, I'm like, if Ben makes a move, you know, it's a right move because you know, he could fold that and then be out a whole bunch of money in a matter of a minute, because you guys know as well as I do about the motorcycle industry, that can be night and day dependent on the economy. Yeah, Randy, 2,600 pounds and 125 horsepower, but 2,600 pounds and 125 horsepower or 3,000 pounds and 800 horsepower, it's not how, what's, what was the whole saying in the circle track world? Like velocity is, or speed is, I, help me out here, guys. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the thing I was thinking about saying, I think it was velocity is like how, how fast you hit the wall. No, it's horsepower is how fast you get to the wall. Torque is how far you move the wall. Okay, there you go. Yes. And with my last couple of drivers, we moved a lot of walls. <laughs> I, I believe <laughs> it. a lot of race cars. I, I definitely believe it. I will ask Vito. Hey, I can change an entire front end and a spin a wing car in a minute and a half by myself. I believe it. I, correct. Cars are supposed to be easy to work on. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, Garrett. Yeah, well, when it's wrapped around the entire frame, it's kind of a bitch to get out. <laughs> yeah, we used to have like a two-hour or three-hour total prep on the sprint car. Now it's three hours to wash the car. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. I remember when I was talking to you, Cody, about it, about what is it like a sprint car with maintenance wise. You're like, no, it's actually more. And I'm like, holy shit. Wait, like, yeah. Oh, I believe it. You have to take off five parts just to get to the maintenance part. Yeah. I definitely All believe it. And whatnot. Yeah. I, I, I can't wait to get into that world here shortly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll be there, Mr. Crew Chief. But, I mean, for 2024, I think just what we need to focus really most on, because the, race, the racing is great as it is, um, is just getting more people there. Bingo. More people get there, the more people get inspired to do it. And uh, it just kind of goes from there. What are you out, Cody? Oh, Rhett. Oh, hi, Rhett. Rhett's racing next year. Officially. Yeah. You ready? Is he going to be the JR2 entry for Myers Brothers Racing? A desert car is a three-week prep. Oh, Jesse's having a blast right now that I got all three of you guys involved in this. Are we going to have at least a test and tune day to work out kinks? Because I know everybody's fixing their stuff. Oh, totally. 
Because the, the rate of attrition hit things really hard this year. Really, really like, hard. Yeah. Like, can we do just like a like a pre-sign up? You already pay for it. If you don't show up, then that's on you. But like, have a legit Saturday where we can just run practice rounds. I would like to see that, just because I if we absolutely blow that up, maybe some of these trail guys that are thinking about it kind of wavering yeah, about don't, it. Don't try. Yeah, so, I think that's huge. I think a lot of guys that reach out to me for testing tunes, it's tough. You know, I get it. it there's a lot that goes into a, a testing tune, but hold on. What? Sorry. There's a lot that goes into a testing tune, but um, I have had a lot of, you know, weekend warriors reach out exactly what Garrett was saying, that they want to just go try, see what it's like without yeah. having to enter a race. So I think that that would be that would be key too, and and don't even do like like what we do when we rent a track out for the quads. Do an online buy-in. That way, Jesse, and then they still make the money whether you show up or not. Exactly. Yeah. Set. So they're, they're not out anything. So I mean, the more people that the more people that buy in for it, make the profit for Jesse, and everyone that buys in, we still get a guaranteed couple of sessions on the track. So TNA Motorsports just chimed in with something that I, I would per, per, I would actually entertain. Any chance of course changing instead of the same track every round? What's your guys' take on that? I feel like that'd be kind of hard in Jesse's position because he does have the motocross track that runs very fluently, and I know what it's like pushing dirt around. It's not the easiest thing to do. And I agree. It is tough, you know, from from a track building standpoint to, to build a, you know, it's not like we're just out there putting two rollers into place, you know, like other series do. Um, you know, we're, we're building we're building a legit track, so I agree um, that that there are changes that need to happen um, frequently, whether they happen maybe once a year. It's not going to be every week. I don't think that's what. It, for either i think something you can get consistent on and would be fun um but there's changes coming this winter for sure awesome um it won't be on the same track next year that's that's outstanding i just hope that one tree by the finish line gets a little little trim trim so i can actually see a little bit better into turn one so that thing started growing on me and i'm like i gotta duck around a couple things i'll, I'll look my beer belt to that we'll just rip that something right out yeah not every week. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think that makes sense either. No. Um, like the halfway like point of the year, maybe. Of tracks and, and getting it, you know, back to circle track, you know, you, you, you have the same track every week. It just changes week to week, whether the moisture's in the ground or it's hot or, you know, uh, you get a little rain shower. So you will have a different track uh, week to week, even without but, change. But you still have your basic setup. So you have Correct. your ballpark setup that you have to then fine tune each race day. Exactly, and I'm I all think for. That's what we're looking for. I'm all yeah. for that. Those who have been all, the whole time, we used to not be able to drive down that six track. Uh, that is a six track. It takes a lot to get action down there in that sand. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I had to have Jesse push me out with the water truck. I'm uh, still watching. Sometimes it's for the worst for a week or so until that gets packed. Yeah. And for those of yeah. you that didn't understand the garbled nonsense out of Cody Myers, so with all of that being, so I can at least translate. So all of that being said, 
it comes down to something not everybody understands, but if you've ever moved dirt around, you've ever moved sand around, you understand compaction is key to whatever your change is holding up. Now, if you're dealing with sand, sand is incredibly hard to compact. And I know Jesse's got his hands on some spoils as far as clay goes. We can put some harder stuff in different places, but it takes a while for compaction to happen. So therefore it, uh, it, it kind of eliminates an opportunity for changes, changes of the track layout. Well, the other big obstacle you got to throw in too is look at the rest. No, not at all. We definitely couldn't. I mean, I, I, th- I, I think that changing the track up was in the cards for last year, but when it rains six out of the seven days a week and that thing is a pond down there, you can't move material around. No, not at all. It, it literally rains. And like, like Cody said, trying to move it, yeah, trying to move it in the middle of the week, it, it, it's impossible. You're just, you're not going to have a surface to race on. Yeah. So yeah, we kind of got stuck as far as track changes went, but I mean, me personally, would I like to see it longer? Oh yeah. Would I like to see more challenging? Oh yeah. I mean, me personally. So when I came in as the announcer, I only knew about this much about side-by-side stuff, this much about short course. Cause I'd flagged the ultra four nationals at wild West motorsports park. I'd been there for the Lucas oil offered racing series. But like I said, I only knew this much and I like how tight things are as opposed to like going to Prairie city. You go to Prairie city. You're if your gearing's not set, right. You're not doing 90 miles an hour going down the the downhill like everybody else is. And it doesn't make for as competitive racing and for as fun racing being in the driver's seat of the car. And I can speak on this just simply due to the fact that, I mean, I, yes, I race motocross. But I've been a motorsports fanatic my entire life. I know Chase Hill and I talked about it to where, I mean, if it was, if it had, if it had wheels, I was all about it. So I can sit there and, and kind of go, okay, I can see why somebody doesn't like Prairie City. And I can see why somebody prefers E Street because of the fact there is a little bit more technicality to it as far as, you know, instead of just going, oh, I'm going to set my car up to go 95 wide open and just hope for the best because it's, it's two different worlds. One, you're going fast, you're wrecking stuff, and it's not as competitive, and one, it's tighter. I mean, I'll say from experience, I went down, Haley and I went to go watch the guys race that one time at Prairie City, and it, it was honestly exciting for about the first lap or two, and then everybody got strung out, and then it was follow the leader. And I hate that. Like, okay, one car goes, okay, another car goes. But when you go to E Street... And you see, you see Benitez, uh, I believe the kid's name is Tyler Shade. Yes. Uh, you see Bobby, you see Cody, and they're all within a car length, and they're two wide, side by side with the split lanes. Every once in a while, like three wide. Split lanes, they're wheel to wheel, and that's some damn good racing. Oh, yeah. And you, you see it in every class, the 170s especially. Oh, you know, yeah. Trying, I was trying to get that point across to... Um, some works guys, they, you know, it's, that's a completely different series as well. Uh, where it's a, you know, it's a 48 minute race. So you don't see anybody while you're out there. You know, everybody gets so stretched out. It's so amplified as far as stretching cars out. And they talk about like a, Oh, we don't want to race a roundy round course. I'm like, well, you don't know that guys are throwing sliders every lap and you get to see your kid actually battling somebody. Um, it, it makes a, 
makes a big difference as far you know even even helping um help help the driver oh um, completely you know, yeah i mean i go back to why i don't care to race the worst race because really to me i don't think there's talent involved i think it's about 35 percent talent the rest of it's stamina i mean you can be as fast as you want to be for 35 minutes of that race but then you're going to run out of it and the person that's not as fast is going to pass you because you're winded and they can ride for an hour and a half you know what i mean oh yeah totally but you bring them to a a style of race like let's say traditional motocross or this the short course stuff where it's balls to the wall you better have the speed and the talent or else you're not going to hang yeah and I can relate to that. I can touch on that a little bit from the two-wheel world because around the time I broke my back when I was 15 and around the time I broke my back, I said I wanted to I wanted to kind of reacclimate myself and get more comfortable on the bike again. So I started going to racing District 36 cross country. So District 36 cross country stuff is about as close to localized works racing that you're going to get on, a, on two yeah. wheels. So that being said... It, if you watch my lap times compared to everybody else's in my class, they would all start out real fast and then for the first couple, then they would drop. I would, I would progressively get faster. Now, why would I progressively get faster? And that should not have happened because I couldn't lift anything for four months. I couldn't ride for four to five months. I couldn't do anything physical at all. I lost any kind of muscle mass, any kind of muscle memory. Everything was gone. And I go out and start running off-road races. And just because of how I was kind of pre-tuned to ride, I just, I might not have started out great, but yet I would get faster as everybody got slower. That made no sense. Well, like when I first, when I did a couple of the hangover races, I asked the cross-country, I said, what's the key to these things? He goes, you just keep a steady pace. And to me, what fun, what fun is that if you're just going to settle for a steady pace? Like you're, you're in a race. Why not go your hardest and the best that you can do instead of I'm going to coast here at a certain pace, they're going to fall off and then I'm going to pass. Bingo. And that's what what challenge, what challenge is that? That, that strategy just makes no sense. And then TNA just said, I think Bo showed up what happened. So Bo showed up on a, a off race, or I think it was an off weekend from works and Bo and Mason go wheel to wheel. You know, if TNA Motorsports doesn't know who I am, I'm the announcer for this all. I freak the hell out when Bo shows up because the guy can drive better than most. And now, and he brings his kid. kid. Now his kid's in an identical car to him. So you've got, I, I remember Bo back from when he was an AMA motocross pro. Like I was watching him out at Sacramento Raceway and it was so, it was so wild to me just how good he was. And now, and so next level he was even in the pro ranks. And then we go over to the side-by-side stuff and he's still at the age he is. I don't even know how old he is, but he's not young and he's next level. He's doing stuff that people don't think about doing. And he's giving Mason a run for his money. And that is great from an announcer's perspective. If you get, that kind of competition to somebody who's actually a fan of motorsports. Oh, I'm on the edge of my seat the entire time, the entire time. 
That's why I loved, like, like I said, when I went to the Hangtown 100, I love watching midgets because they'll dive into a corner three wide and you'll watch somebody, you'll watch this all night long, all night long, not spread out. You'll watch this. They'll just keep crossing over each other like they're ninjas fighting with nunchucks. Yeah, you know, um, just to touch on that, you know, Bo shows up. Uh, Jesse made a good point. The, the guys, the guys at work, you know, there's no settling in with those pro guys. Uh, I went and got, a, got an awakening. I thought you would have to settle in and kind of run a pace to make a 48-minute race, and that wasn't the case. Um, I ended up, after lap two, pushing 100% as hard as I could push for the next, you know, 40 minutes and got beat by a minute. Um, so, so I just um, found out and, and, and one more thing, TNA, um, you know, Bo, he shows up to East street, just a caliber of what they have out there in California. Um, he shows up to East street and goes four tenths faster than I've ever been on the track. And I race for every weekend. So, um, it, there's, yeah, it, it's just those, those factory factory guys. And there's, there's a reason why they're in those cars. You know, yeah, it's the top of the line, everything, but um, those are the kind of guys we need to have week in and week out uh, to grow, grow the sport for sure. So I just got a text message. TNA Motorsports is Travis McCullough. He just didn't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm telling you, I'm touching about how Jesse's talking about the pros. I'm talking to everybody that isn't a pro. Oh, totally. Yeah. 15 classes. That's what totally. I'm talking for. Yeah. I yeah, know totally. the pro guys are pushing it, but those are also the baddest of the baddest. Yeah, no. I'm not. I'm excluding them from what I was talking about. I'm talking about your, like, production A all the way to C and everything in between. I'm not talking about your your 15 pro quad guys that are out there balls the wall. But yes, those guys are no joke. I mean, I see them come to quad cross and they absolutely clean house. I'm talking, my, what I'm referencing is the rest of the guys that are there for, let's get a top three foot, like a top three finish that are a pro guy. You know what I mean? I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Well, sounds like Cody, well, it looks like Cody has left the building, unfortunately. His dinner is probably and, getting cold. I was going to say, I read about 25 minutes ago that dinner was ready. Yeah. 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 We, we don't want to piss Morgan off as sweet as she is. No, because she'll start racing the car next year. Cody won't have a car. Well, I think out of the two of them, I would be more afraid of making Cheyenne pissed off more than Morgan. Yeah, you don't want to see that. No, no. Feeding mom piss is not a not a good day. No, not at all. Not at all. So, so I think one more thing to touch on, because I just saw Star Racing 428 jump in. I professionalism out of a lot of these kids. And if you want to talk, if you were to look up professionalism in the in youth racing in a dictionary, Megan Starr's pitcher would be right next to it. Am I wrong? I mean, yeah. just for how she carried herself at the award banquet, very professional. I don't know her on a personal level, and I just, I'm still learning people in the scene, but how she how she approached herself and how she spoke at the awards banquet for her age is, is very top tier. I was, I was blown away. And literally every time I've had her on the podium, it's always like, she's so well-spoken. She conducts herself so well. And 
I love it. I love seeing that out of the next generation because when you look at a lot of a lot of younger kids that are outside of the motorsports world, you don't see that. You don't see a well-spoken 12-year-old, 15-year-old, all the way up to 17-year-olds. You see them, you know, using acronyms for everything. You see them using slang words for everything. You don't you don't see that level of professionalism and it's so crazy to me like I even touched on it at the banquet about she jumped from that JR2 directly to a built RS1. And I could tell as the year went on, like she was, she was paying attention. She was watching, she was taking notes and she was learning the entire time. And you guys just see, she actually entered the pro class. I believe it was a pro class for at the Victorville race. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And she was competitive. Like she was. That was, that was super cool to see. I, I know she's got a super competitive car underneath her and it was such a massive learning curve. Cause like when we brought up the, the most improved idea for the award, I straight up said, it's gotta be Megan period period to make that jump is astronomical, astronomical. And I had to touch on that cause I saw, I saw her jump into the chat or it was somebody from her camp jump into the chat. That was Super impressive. I can't wait to see what she does next year. You know? Here's here's what impressed me. She did not have a cell phone in her hand in the word segment, did she? No. And I, that, that has been a bit, I touched on that in a prior podcast episode to where it's little things like that. Like if it's an eight, nine, 10 year old, I get it. Yes. But if you're the, if you're a middle schooler, you know how to remember things. Let's ditch the self. Even if you like mess up a little bit, you're making the effort to not read something. That that is something that you have your sponsors and people that you want to think that are there for you engraved into your mind, not just on a screen on a phone. Bingo, bingo. You, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Honestly, couldn't have said I mean, it better myself. Because I, I sponsor a couple of kids, and it didn't really, it didn't really dawn on me until that was brought up on one of your podcasts. But it's like. I've never seen those kids at nine to 10 years old. I mean, yeah, they might have a piece of paper, but they wrote that down themselves because it's in their handwriting. And but, a lot of those, a lot of those speeches, like, I mean, you can talk about sharkies, for instance, a lot of those speeches that they actually wrote, like, and I got to get as hard of a time as I give Jordan Skaggs and I do that on purpose. She actually thought out what she wrote. And granted, yes, she wrote it out on a phone, but yet she wrote it out. So it's that impressed the living crap out of me. Dude in the red shirt got Starlink, baby. You got to pay attention to that, Cody. Remember that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You you, got to remind your brother out of his Walmart Walmart, uh, internet connection that he's got. But all right, before I wrap this up, so we all can, you know, we all can go on our normal ways. I did not think this was going to take a couple hours, but I appreciate the both of you guys jumping in on this. Cause I thought, well, it's Monday. I have the week off. Who can I harass on a, on a Monday night and make a little content. And, uh, oh, this was fun. I think we should all get together, do it again in a couple of months and see where we're at with how the progress we can do, or if we have any extra ideas to make E street bigger than it was before. Oh, totally. I'm totally game on for that. Like and t- maybe people that have been commenting, watching, maybe they'll see something and brainstorm an idea and then they'll bring it up then. Wait, wait. I just got a request to join from the elusive TNA Motorsports, Mr. Travis McCullough. 
Mikala. I got to put the wrong, right emphasis on that. We'll see if he actually jumps in. And let's see who else just... Oh, yeah. He's trying to, but it's not wanting to put him through. Has he got that Walmart internet? He probably does. He's out in Nevada. So... Did you, either of you too? I wasn't paying as much attention to it because I was kind of more focused on like, you know, doing my job. Did you guys see Jerry tear up over Jordan's speech? Yeah. Did you also see or Jerry tear up when I gave him the dang uh, bed ladder sprayer thing kit? No. Oh, he was ecstatic. Oh, that's unreal. That dude, he put so much into Jordan. It is so awesome. Yeah. I was just gonna say, good, good, good guy. You can tell, big family guy. Um, Completely. I, I don't blame him, man. Watching, uh, they're not even my kids, and just it doesn't take a lot as a dad now to tear up over things. So uh, I get it. Watching a little girl do well all year, that was uh, that was a big deal. Oh, completely, completely. And I she, like, I just like seeing the family side of everything again. And she, she's grown over the last three years as a human and a driver so much. So I mean, much. Like, I touch in the circle world now. I mean, I know I know you guys have been kind of out of it for a little while, but it's completely changed. No one's hanging out with each other. No one's, I mean, yeah, we're all there to race during the day, but no one's cracking beers afterwards. Nobody is socializing. Hey, I did this tonight. I did that. No, everybody is so in tune to what they're doing, and they're too good for everybody else. And then when I come to this side-by-side scene, and I see, like, like you guys are out barbecuing and drinking on a Friday night. Everybody's just coming up and talking. You're going over and hanging out, throwing cornhole with somebody else. Like that's the stuff that I miss, and that is what's drawn me to be so so into it. That's why I made every effort I could to be there on Friday nights to park the trailer and to hang out for a little bit because that took me to old school sprint car racing, to which really made me fall in love with racing. Besides us actually running the carts and stuff, but. It's the family. It's the everyone's cracking beers or they're cracking jokes or everyone's getting together having like a potluck or something or hell, even shit talking with each other because we all know it's good fun. And I saw, I can attest to that too for the short run we did with Empire Mind Speedway. Just me kind of neandering through the pits as a good announcer should. And I'm like, nobody's really, like, nobody's really that social. They're just all very blinders on. And yeah. The only time I did see that whole vibe out of the circle track world, believe it or not, was when we had dwarf cars. We had dwarf cars twice. Hey guys, I've, I've got a few friends running dwarf cars, and they say that's how it is. Oh, they're dude. All, they're well, same school they, they travel the whole country together, and they just, mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's their one big family. Yep, yep. They got a hold I of mean, me. So, someone blows a trailer tire on the side of the road, you're going to have four or five trailers pulled over to help them back up and on the road. Exactly. And that's kind of, it's, it makes sense. Cause it's like, everybody's got a bunch of extras because that is kind of a spec race car in a way. And it, that whole vibe is cool. They, they had me host their banquet this year. Like Scott Shrum called me on the Friday night before the v- banquet. And he goes, Hey, you want to come MC our banquet? I go, sure. I only really vaguely knew most of everybody because I've only seen them really twice. And they literally like welcomed me in with open arms and I'm like, this is how the side-by-side world is. And this is how the motocross world used to be. The motocross world, fellas, has gone the same way as circle track. Same way. And the funniest part is, if you go to a race that is a California series, 
and you go to the Battleborn Motocross Series, obviously traveling from Nevada, night and day. And I talked about this with the president of Battleborn, and he's like, oh, yeah, we still have that same mentality. We still have the, we're still here hanging out. We're still having a good time. We're all bit one big happy family. They even told me, so this one kid, his bike dies on the starting line, can't get it started. Tony's son goes and grabs his and brings it over. They swap transponders so the kid can go race. Like, how often do you hear of that anymore? Never. No. Then you see videos like this video that just surfaced of a dad getting pissed off and kicking a kid off the bike. Did you guys see that? Yeah. That was, I was like, that. that's inexcusable. And then I found out the a, a lot more dirt behind all that. Oh, one of the kids, they were putting through a fake freaking birth certificate so he could sandbag in a younger class. Like, who that does that? A lot in the outlaw cards. Oh, it, well, yeah. Just the gross com- the gross competitiveness behind it all. It It's insane. It's not even it's not even competitive. That's just... To me, that's just dirtbaggish. Exactly. Well, if, I say... If we're going to call it what it is, I mean, how are you, how are you going to feel... It's just like when you're when you're when a box dog dad cheats to beat another box dog dad. Really, the only person you're hurting is the kid. Exactly. Exactly. The kid don't know no different. I mean, we watched a kid actually a dad get his kid kicked out of. Well, the dad and kid obviously got literally eighty six from Empire Mind Speedway because of dad's bad attitude and dad trying to start fights with everyone. It's like, what are you doing? And I touched on this in a prior podcast episode. What are you teaching your children with your aggression? Period. What are you teaching your kids? And that shouldn't be. You should not be teaching your kids that, oh, putting hands on somebody on a starting line. That's not okay. And I've never seen that kind of stuff happen in the short course of the side-by-side world. Ever. Yes, there's been... It's good to show emotion and and, and show you care, but... Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But let's face it. We're not, so I equate it to this and just because I started doing, when I started announcing truck and tractor poles and getting to know a lot of those guys, they have the same mentality that we do in the short course world because they all have day jobs. No one in the truck and tractor pulling world is making a living off of pulling. None of them. No, we're going to work on Monday. Exactly. So what do they do? They all show up because they want to have a good time. They all show up because they want to hear the crowd. They all show up because they want to have fun. Yeah. Plain and simple. That's the way the, the, way the racing needs to be. Yeah. And Ashley. Uh, saying Delta hasn't changed. Oh, no. <laughs> no. But I'll tell you what. Ashley said to me, she's like, I, I've been, I want to get you into Delta because I feel like that would help. And I'm like, if I have an ability to do it next year, I will gladly go do whatever at Delta with a microphone in my hand. Gladly. And I've heard that about Dixon. I've heard that about all sorts of other places where I've had people come to me over the last three years and they're like, just your state of mind, just your, your moxie, if you will, is what makes the experience at E street, what it is. And I've also heard that, you know, a lot of the other facilities I work at and a lot of the other stuff I do, I wish I could do this for an actual, actual living, which in the right circumstance, I potentially could. But like I even made a point to say at the banquet, no matter what, no matter where I go, no matter what I do, I will be, 
I, yes, E Street's home. I will be at E Street as long as I possibly can. Period. Because and I even said to myself, like, okay, if I had to, you know, kind of shim my schedule a little bit, I'm like, where would I do it? And I go, for the influence I've had on those kids, when you see a group of 12 kids walk into a banquet, all dressed like me, I mean, I mean, it's, you should have already had that idea when he had a kid dress up like you, not this last Halloween, but the one before that. I, I still like, you think you have a grasp, an idea, a grasp, if you will, on your, on your influence, but there's little things that I've seen where I'm like, I don't, I, it didn't even make sense. Those little microphones, I got them all. That was the best $25 I've That's ever sick. spent. The best 25 bucks I've ever spent because I said, I want to do something fun. So I found those little itty bitty mics. How many kids did you see run around the banquet trying to interview everybody? Oh, yeah. They almost taking each other out with them, too. I, uh, we were over at Cody's yesterday, and we were like, where's Brett listening at? We go inside, and I, like, poke my head around the door, and Brett's sitting on the, Brett's sitting on the couch, and Weston has a microphone up to his mouth, a little microphone, and he's like, Brett's giving a full-blown interview. He's like, yeah. He's like, oh, my bike, it was really good today. He's like, because they're riding Stasics all day. So he's like, you know, the bike was really good today. Uh, I had no issues with it. What else did he say? He was like, my battery died, but my dad got it changed really quick. <laughs> it's was... going to be the kid that is seven yeah. years old on the podium without a cell phone in his hand. Exactly. And let me tell you something, guys. If I had, if I had a, an ounce of, if I had an ounce of influence on that one kid and it starts with one, then that means I've done my job right. 100%. Bingo. And Name me another announcer, and I, I, I hate to float, try and float my boat like this, but name another announcer that actually puts that much effort into their job. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, you're not... I, and I found this, I figured this out over the years because so many are just, like, super fans of the sport or they're very analytical, but... I mean, when I realized I had this niche, I just took it and ran with it. I mean... Another thing I touch him too is on the, on what we've got all going on at E Street is opposed to the circle track world is when some when like say someone like me that's green to the sport when I have a question it gets answered by like eight different people. Oh, completely, completely. Like like Randy Smallwood has helped me a ton just in the common sense factor of learning these things. Mason's helped me. Cody's helped me. I mean. And I know that there's a bunch of people that are ready to help me when I need help, as same as when people come with me with quad questions. How are you doing this? How are you doing that? I'm there to help. I mean, I'm not there to keep my bag of secrets to myself because what good is that when I'm done racing? It's not at all. And for me, I, I, I gave this example to the guy at the Battleborn Motocross Series race that came to me asking me about side-by-side -side stuff. And I said, so this is the environment you're going to walk into. So you have a YXZ 1000. There's going to be at least three others that are there. So you're going to have, if you go and flip your car and break a trailing arm, there will be five guys like that walking over to your pit, no matter if they know you or not. One guy with a trailing arm, two guys with tools, and the other guy with beer. Yeah, and the guy with beer is the one that's just ready there for moral support. Like, exactly. Your car could be junk, but he's saying, you know what? 
three wheel drive, maybe you can rip that thing. Exactly. Kind of just like when Cheyenne did that front wheel drive. There's a couple of crews like saying, oh, fuck it, run that thing. Yeah. Isn't that right, Mason? Shit. Shit. <laughs> He's like, yeah, no front wheel drive. She'll slide it like a sprint car. I was like, I can't do it, but maybe you can. I almost pulled plug on her. Because I was like, I know. Thinking two wheel driven it, two wheel drive. I cannot drive it. Uh, she got it done, dude. That was crazy. I can't can't believe she did that. But. That that is that is an incredible woman in many ways. I don't know right. what the hell I don't know what the hell she's doing married to you, Mason, but uh, I don't either. I don't either. <laughs> well I can tell you by you being a real man and she being a real lady. Them boys coming up are going to be Wilmet for sure. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Hope so. We'll see. I mean, let's face it. On a regular basis, Mason's mustache drives the car. Mason just rides shotgun. That's it. I mean, that thing was killer when he had handlebars going. Oh, dude. Got twisted out. Yeah. I was so envious. That's what we're going for next year, baby. The old little twist on the sides. Oh, dude, you're, you're about to be looking like the Ouija if you do that shit. You're gonna twist it up, and you're like, <laughs> "It's me, Mario." That's oh, that's gonna kill me. Well, I think this has been enough fun for me tonight, guys. Yeah, I guess so. I think this is the longest live I've ever done, and I have got at least this is the most people you've had tuned in on a live too. Yeah. Well, hey, this is how you get them. You know. You're welcome. Yeah. 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 I say I say we do this in a few months, and hopefully, there's new ideas from people that are tuned in on how to grow the sport and how to grow a East Street. And exactly. And just chit chat and see where car builds are at. Hey. Yeah. I have a so, feeling. Yeah, we should do it. Yeah, do it in a couple months. See if you got your car washed yet, Garrett. Oh, that car's been washed. It's sitting in the trailer. It's just waiting to come to MBR, baby. Ooh. Yeah, shop's getting built. Shop's closed. Yeah. I believe it. I believe it. All right, uh, fellas. We'll have some, some bad boy race cars rolling out next year. I believe yes, it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No. I definitely believe All right, it. All right, guys. Well, you guys have a good night. All right, Talk boys. But yeah, for... Uh, Everybody else watching, thank you guys for tuning in, hanging out for so long, because I think this is the longest that we've done one of these, and the uh, the actual podcast will probably come out a little later in the week. I'm gonna gonna drop one tomorrow that I did last week, and then uh, yeah, I'm gonna piece this together. This will be a good one. This will definitely be a yeah. good one. So, it was fun. boys, thank you much, and uh, we'll catch you guys later. All right, thanks. have a good night.